0: with
1: sound all right what's up everyone welcome back to watch with sound my name is josh Landicho, and with me is carmela ocampo and on today's episode we're gonna be doing the very very old film citizen kane directed by orson welles written by Orson Welles and Herman J. Mankiewicz, starring Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton, Dorothy Commingore, Everett Sloan, Ruth Warwick, and Ray Collins. Now, this is a very old film. This is kind of the part where it's like, oh, it's spoiler-filled, but I mean, if you haven't watched the movie yet, that's kind of on you. Literally, like like a couple days ago, it was its 80th birthday, so if you haven't watched the film, We're going to talk really spoiler-filled. I mean, honestly, older films, we kind of don't like saying the spoiler part, but we might as well say it anyways. But anyways, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. If you want to listen to this without it, whatever. But we're going to go into it. We're going to talk straight into it. Um, Carmella, what did you think of the movie Citizen Kane? Self-proclaimed greatest film of all time.
0: I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it definitely was not any what I expected it to be, but I was also going in very blind. I had no idea what it was about. Um, the only thing I knew about it was that it was this big classic movie that I'd always heard of, like was always referenced in a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, I thought it held up really well, considering it's freaking, like, 80 years old. Um, and I was I was surprised at how invested I was in the story, despite, like, its length, despite it being black and white, you know, despite it not being, like, a film we're accustomed to seeing, you know? Um, and I think this might be one of the oldest films I've ever seen. I mean, not counting, like, you know, clips of silent films or anything like that, but... And I think this is the oldest film we're reviewing on this podcast I feel um but yeah I I thought it was like a really engrossing film I enjoyed like what's it called dissecting it afterwards and learning more about it um and like we'll get into more about our initial reaction versus like our our reaction after understanding more things um but yeah, what did you think of the movie? And like, did you have any like knowledge of this movie before getting into it? Um, the only knowledge I had of it was like it was
1: called the greatest film of all time. You have people that like compare movies and say like it's the Citizen Kane of blah 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 blah. Like it kind of like gave this weird like but like bar that people were setting for movies and stuff like that. And like I don't know if you felt the same way, but like, did you feel like once you started watching the film, you'd be, like, transported into, like, like, awesomeness. Like, you'd just be like, oh, my God, what a good film. Like, oh, my... I understand. Like, did you have, like, a feeling... Like, I had, like, a very small feeling of, like, I'm gonna get so lost in this film that I'm not gonna know where I am. Or, like, I'm gonna be so engrossed with it that, like, I'm gonna be so, like, in awe of everything. Did you have that moment before watching this film of, like, this might be the greatest movie. Like, I might go crazy or whatever.
0: I definitely... Yeah, I definitely felt... Or I had a moment like that and I felt kind of like a lot of, not pressure, but like pressure within myself and like society to be like hyped for this film. And like, I tried to kind of fight that hype because I didn't want to be disappointed. Um, but I was definitely ready for something like crazy mind blowing that I was gonna like, you know, go, that was gonna maybe change my life. That might be super extreme, but like something I could... I was ready for something that was going to change something about myself, you know?
1: <laughs> Unlock a hidden part yeah. of yourself. You didn't know realize it like, something. Oh my God. I don't know. I love the snow now. <laughs> like <laughs> something. So I don't weird. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I kind of had like the same idea going in of like, I'm about to watch this movie. That's so-called the greatest movie ever. Um, and also, I was also on the side of, like, I don't think it's going to be that good because, like, it's 80 years old. Like, how, could, how good this could this possibly be for it to hold up for 80 years, you know? And, like, I was very much on the mindset of, like, how people would call this, like, people my age especially call this movie sort of, like, the most overrated, underrated movie of all time. Just because, like, it's overrated in the sense that it's called the greatest film of all time. But then again, it's underrated for my generation particularly because not everyone has seen it and i don't even know like i don't even know if the generation before me has even seen it you know like i don't know how far back this goes as regards to like how people think of this movie as being relevant in their uh in their age and in their time um but like i was on both of those sides of being like it's gonna be really really good or like it's gonna be something that like is overhyped like obviously but i think one thing that sort of that was on my mind was like i need to watch this just because like i'm a self-proclaimed movie lover <laughs> and i still haven't seen this like film that has been talked about for 80 years 80 years plus and stuff like that um and not to mention like it, i was even pushed further by the whole like meme and like whole debate slash argue argument of like citizen kane versus Paddington Two too and like the the bear film and like how a lot of you on Twitter, of course, are like making fun of people that like Citizen Kane because of like its oldness and, and essentially, like you ha- kind of have to be like, kind of a movie snob to sort of like enjoy this film or like still like stand on the hill that this film is on and die on that hill <laughs> along with that. Like, it's like our generation of like making fun of like the elite and stuff like that. So like, it's really hard for anyone of like normal nature to like Citizen Kane right off the bat just because you might get made fun of it made fun for it like on twitter whatever so like (laughs) i always kind of pushed us to watch it just because like to see like if you know like the movie snobs are right or like if people are just being mean to be mean or if paddington is actually a lot better uh which is kind of fun because we're going to talk about that later and also i'm pretty sure we're going to do future episodes on it on paddington which is going to be fun but apart from that it, it this movie was just really interesting like like you said like there are a lot of things that like I shouldn't have been enticed with it. Like just like the kind of not so unique storyline that I've, that we watched that it's in black and white, that like the first 30 minutes were told in like newsreels <laughs> yeah. and like, not even like newsreels of today, but it's like the newsreels of like the forties, fifties. There's like now see citizen no. Uh, uh, like it's like very like fast paced, very, very like white American leaning and like very, very weird nowadays like it's a it's a weird like uh accent that we even make fun of today when we like describe these old films and stuff like that of like just people talking really really like fast and loud and high-pitched um and even with like all that with like the black and white with the with that news report thing going on with some of the fonts being kind of weird i know sophia was very annoyed (laughs) by some of those fonts um and just certain aspects of the film where like you would think someone would just like kind of stop and like not watch it anymore but it was interesting that like i didn't feel that at all i kind of wanted to see this thing through and and see what was going to happen towards the end of the film and and stuff like that it was just a really really interesting film and and before i get into it carmela would
0: you like to give a little plot summary of
1: citizen kane
0: as a journalist tries to solve the mystery of publishing tycoon charles foster kane's last words rosebud he interviews various people from his life, wondering how a man larger than life itself came to fall from grace. Whoa,
1: <laughs> Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Did you know about like the subject of the film or about Rosebud before watching it? Because I feel like. I had a little inclination but did you know anything about Rosebud or anything like that of the film
0: I I literally knew nothing about the movie until you I think you might have mentioned the word rosebud at some point like maybe days before we actually watched it but even then it meant nothing to me so I was like ah, okay um, so yeah I literally went in blind like I had no idea what was what this movie was about or what it was had any re- reference to or whatever
1: yeah because i think i kind of know about it because of like like cartoons like family Guy uh and tv shows like at the office and stuff like that where the office like has an argument of like them talking about what rosebud means and uh i think there's a like a bit in family guy where they make fun of the whole rosebud thing and like they're it, but in their animations like rosebud he drops the thing whatever um so i kind of like knew that that was probably it just because people so many people made fun of it so many people were talking about it like in in different shows and referencing it but like i think the way you heard it too was me making fun of it as well was like i was like rosebud and that's the movie and i was kind of making fun of it before i watched it but i think that's how you heard of it um but i think uh we should sort of start off this little talk about like what you think rosebud meant and how do you think the movie's going to end in general like did you think Rosebud was actually going to be like something that was relevant did you think uh we were ever going to find out what rosebud meant or did you think uh the meaning of rosebud would be so grand and so crazy that we'd be our jaws would be on the floor and everything like what did you think of like how this movie was going to end and how did you think um rosebud was going to mean and then also follow that up with like your initial reaction when you sort of find out what Roosevelt meant and, and the initial ending of the film
0: so like uh I guess coming off of what you said about how um the basic structure of this movie in itself is very unconventional um with like you know the the like uh, 10 or 20 minute news really in the beginning where at one point
1: I actually really <laughs>
0: like the accent or the accent they used in like those old films I think it's called like the mid-Atlantic accent or whatever which I think was not even real it was literally just made or like kind of fabricated for movies but i could be wrong i have to look into that but i think i saw something about how it wasn't real anyway sorry um yeah so like the structure of the movie was like super unconventional and then from the beginning when they started like just talking about rosebud and saying it so much it made me think that by towards the end it was it was not really going to mean anything and obviously the movie was basically going to be about the journey and not the destination kind of thing like like i kind of
1: it's the friends we made along the way yeah exactly like like, (laughs) the ending
0: (laughs) i kind of knew that like oh the whole like catalyst of like telling the story is to be in the search in search of like finding the meaning of his last words, but in the end, it's probably not going to matter what the meaning was. It's what, like, the whole of his, like, life or story is what's going to matter or whatever. Um, And I was surprised to find that at the end, I thought that the reveal of, like, showing what Rosebud literally was was kind of conventional. I don't know if that's a controversial take or anything, but I think like, I was shocked to see how kind of, like, predictable and conventional that reveal was, um, when you came from, like, watching this whole, like, crazy movie, um, and then later learning about all the crazy tricks and stuff, but yeah, I thought the ending was very conventional, and I'm not, I wasn't disappointed, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like, (laughs) oh, yeah, okay, (laughs) the all right, um, so yeah, what, same for you, what did you think? Oh, actually, I never even answered it. But anyways, I'm sorry. What did I think Rosebud meant <laughs> before the ending? Um, I I actually thought they were they weren't even gonna reveal it in the end because I thought the answer didn't matter, it was about the journey, but then they did. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was like a weird thing where they attached meaning to a thing I thought was going to be meaningless.
1: Would you have liked it more if they didn't tell you what Rosebud meant, or did you did you like that they kinda gave somewhat of
0: an explanation of it? I think <laughs> I I think if it was hidden or revealed more subtly and not like a literal like showing the audience what it is type of thing I might have liked it better just because like I don't know I feel like that type of thing deserves a little more subtlety and I feel like it would have carried a little more weight and it would have like maybe paid off in the end with like all the other mysteries and like theories the movie has kind of thing like but I mean even now people are still arguing about what Rosebud meant so I guess it doesn't even matter <laughs> like that it was literally showed to you um So, yeah, maybe just a little more subtle, like, reveal. I guess I don't have a problem with it actually being answered, but I feel like it could have gone either way, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, right when I, like, asked you that question, I was like, I wonder if they they did leave it open-ended, if it would still have that impact of, like, what does it mean? I think it meant this. No, it meant this. Kind of that. But even, like the fact that they put it, like, blown up in your face on the screen of what it is, you still have so many arguments about what it is, like, what it meant, and what did what did they try to go with Rosebud, and why it was so important that it was a sled, why it was so important it was, like, had to do with childhood. There's so much, like, argument now about, like, what Rosebud is and sort of how it sort of connects with the story, even with it still being blown up in your face. Um, and, like, it's just interesting to think about, because I was also just, like, man i wonder like in the 1940s was that was that such a groundbreaking like twist of like it was a sled the whole time like i wonder how people in the audience felt like when that happened you know because it's so interesting to think about like how we saw it because the way we saw it like oh we're like all right it's sled yeah you know and i think that's because we're so like saturated with with these kind of endings of of plot twists and people doing things that like surprise us in movies Um, and I feel like that's why we're just like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But I wonder if like in the time of like 1940s where I can only imagine storytelling was only so far at that time. Like, I wonder how the audience like felt like, Oh my God, it was a sled this whole time. Oh my goodness. Oh my (laughs) god. Um, but just talking about my feelings about like the ending of this film and what Rosebud, I guess what Rosebud means, I guess, um the ending of the film uh I kind of guessed it cuz like we were all like we were going through his whole life like back and forth front to end like I feel like there was no way that like it could have been something that was obvious within his life. I was like in my head saying like oh I think it's something to do with his childhood like in my head. I didn't tell you guys but I was like <laughs> I think it has to do something with his childhood or something like I think it has to do something like Really, really small and subtle, and then like when the sled shows, oh yeah, I kind of got it. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, that's kind <laughs> like, cool. of oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: And at the end of the film, the way like it ended, I kind of felt like satisfied, right? I thought it was good. I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was the greatest film of all time, quote unquote. I thought it was good. And one major thing about that is that like the way it still happens to hold up after eighty years, the fact that like I was able to watch it be entertained and still be interested with the fact that like, oh, I want to know what Rosebud is. I want to know what the ending is. And just all of us kind of embracing ourselves and sort of just watching it as we go and, and even seeing these flashbacks that were sometimes really, really entertaining, sometimes really, really boring at, at some points. But we were still on that ride of like trying to figure something out. And that's something like that's really, really weird, especially with like a movie that's this old. Like, damn, like how do you still captivate an audience even with having those you know old old ways of filming old ways of story writing old ways of telling the story like it's just crazy that it's able to like hold up that much especially now and especially like me who's saturated and and oversensitized to like different movies and different things that like I watch I feel like it's really really hard especially with older films like just just to keep like the audience entertained and guessing like I remember I watched hollow no no no. i watched friday the 13th the the friday the 13th the first one which didn't come it came out a long time ago but not as long as 80 years and then watching that film that's kind of like held up as a classic and held up as a guard of like this 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 groundbreaking film i really didn't like it like i it didn't hold up that as well like as i thought it would be i was like bored at some moments did like kind of like oh that's kind of lame that you did that at some moments and overall like i didn't like it as much as i thought it would like Compared to like Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, I was very invested in those and sort of saw how these films inspired horror films in in the future. And this and what Citizen Kane it was exactly the same thing. Like when watching this, I kind of saw little tidbits of people that like get inspiration from this movie, the way that they filmed, the way that they told the story, the way that it was portrayed. I feel like I saw a lot of that sprinkle like across time of like different movies that are made today. Um, but yeah, it was just really good, and and, and just good in hindsight. Even without like, even without like the research that we did about it, and like what, what they went through filming it. So like, it's kind of like this interesting thing of like approaching the greatest film ever made in you know, above the surface or below the surface kind of a thing. Like, do you want to, you know, figure out why so much people hold this high to regard, or you want to just take it as like how the movie is, which is so interesting to think about. Um, and as regards to, like, what Rosebud means, it's such a, like, I don't know. It's so many, like, things that do make sense. Some people say it's, like, the childhood. Some people say it's, like, his innocence, his, his life before the money and stuff like that. And I don't know. Like, it's so many, it's so interesting that so many people have so many meanings of it. Because, again, old film, and you have this very, very, like, in-your-face ending that, like, is supposed to make sense to you and supposed to click right away, but it's still questioning a lot of us 80 years later, and that's still crazy to me that like no one could like agree on one thing, you know, like agree on like what Rose meant or like what is trying to do. Um, and even in my opinion too, like I would, I would also be happy without them showing the sled because I love the part of the movie where they're just like over, like overhead of all the stuff he has, and it's like a great also a great ending too of just being like well we couldn't find Rosebud Mint and like we definitely won't find it amongst this like kajillion things that he owns and it just shows like the overhead of everything and even like the the person that's talking was like I guess you know Rosebud is just a small puzzle piece to this big big picture of his life and I was like damn that's funny (laughs) like that's so sweet to think about and to like show with this narrative of like puzzle pieces and this ginormous inventory of wealth and things and like i was like damn it's tight and then they showed the rosewood which i don't have a problem with but again like it would be cool if they didn't show it i'm fine with it showing it but yeah i don't know it, the fact that like it has so many meanings is just so crazy to think about like do you even have like <laughs> have a favorite like argument of what rosewood means or are you just on the same boat as me of just like well that could mean anything <laughs> like <laughs> i agree with you you and you and you i can't really you know <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't even looked into, like, people's, like, different interpretations or, like, uh, definitions of what Rosebud is. But, like, as of now, like, my personal, like, th- theory, it's not even a theory. Like, I, I feel like it ultimately just symbolizes what he was basically looking for, the missing thing he was looking for his entire life. And I think the argument that people enter is basically defining that missing thing, which I feel like is there's, there'll be no answer, I feel like, because he was looking for a lot of things, like multiple things he was missing in his life. Um, And so that I feel like he, he thought he like lost during his childhood kind of thing, you know? Um, So yeah, like my definition is very vague. I like, and I feel like it's gonna stay vague and I don't think I'll pin down like an exact defining answer like oh Rosebud means love or something like he he, he was looking for love because he had love you know or maybe his version of it but but yeah that's my opinion I'm pretty I feel like yours might be similar
1: yeah like I kind of like it's that missing piece of course but like I think it, like Kane himself is a very complicated person just because in the film you don't really get an insight of who he is like he's very he's very like walled off and at, at the same time like that's obviously a purpose move purposeful move I'm guessing with with how Orson Will wrote it that like you see him as we see him not someone you know you don't see him deep in his emotions we don't see any part of him other than his you know public side which is so great like the fact that they're able to pull that off in this type of movie and have convey those sort of feelings with that with this movie as well. It's very, very smart. And again, especially for a movie that's eighty years old, the fact that they like built this character to be exactly how you want to like how, exactly how you see him on film and still have interest in it. Like I was very, very much trying to figure uh Charles Kane out. I was trying to figure like, oh, it's a guy that does this, it's a guy that does that. But He's honestly over all over the place. And like it's hard to pinpoint what how he actually feels and how he actually, you know, is without the public eye. But at the same time, we're the public eye that's continuing watching this film. And it's just so hard to figure him out and also figure out like Rosebud as well. And I think that's why it's such an argued topic and like no one could ever like sort of answer that question. And even hearing each person's argument, I agree with all of them, so I'm just like I don't know man (laughs) I just think like it just it's a wide-ended meeting but yeah and I guess with that like we could sort of go on to like the idea of this being the greatest film just because like the movie as its core is very very simple and I don't know if that's because of the time that we're in now but it's just a very very simple character study about a guy he becomes very rich He tries to do different things in his life some good choices some bad choices and then he has a sort of fall from grace and then he eventually dies alone but like it's it's just such a simple story like why is it the greatest film ever made why do they have such critical acclaim and 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 in so much senses of like the word greatest film ever made there's like two ways of looking at this very objective thing of like It's great. It's so great because of the time. It's so great because of the story. It's so great because of certain aspects of the film. And I think where a lot of it hits home is sort of, you know, the revolutionary filming techniques, the way that the story was told. Um, it's, It's so compelling and like tense, very interesting. And like, even when I was watching it too, before knowing like the film techniques and all of that. Like, certain scenes I was watching, I was just like, there is something here that, like, I'm missing. Like, I'm I'm watching this scene and, like, trying to figure out, like, what is actually happening? Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't know if I meant that in, like, the movie sense or, like, in technical sense, but I was just like, there's something here that's different, you know? Like, there's something here that, like, I want to pay attention to and sort of, like, figure out why this scene is like this. And at the same time, in my head, having the internal argument of, like, why is this movie the greatest movie ever made? um but yeah just like seeing those scenes and seeing like how it was filmed and how the story is told adds on to sort of why it's the greatest film ever made and and even with like the 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 massive you know techniques of filming and different methods they use that like no one has ever used before that we later found out and after we found that out we had more appreciation and we also opened our eyes more to like like i said with the scenes that we were watching and And I was like yeah that was really cool but i think the only thing with us is that like since we're so used to those sort of filming techniques we kind of didn't see it like you know like again like i wonder at the time period while this was being filmed like they see like the little nuances of like the filming of like hey they're showing the roof of the (laughs) they're showing the roof of the building (laughs) this film this is filmed on the ground that's so weird like how did they do that um but even that like even finding out later the way that this movie was filmed and shot like I was so shocked because it was so crazy that someone like Orson Welles and this is his first film ever someone like him to to figure out and to execute these different styles of filming and different styles of meaning with his with his scenes it was just so crazy like oh man like (laughs) the one scene that like I still kind of can't think about or can't stop thinking about is the scene where like he's sort of signing his life because it's the great depression and it's uh what's his name Miss, Mr. Bernstein it was uh, uh <laughs> yeah whatever his caretaker his Mr. caretaker in the bank Is that his and name? I think so yeah him and and the bank owner or whatever and they're trying to discuss like what happens to Orson Welles wealth because obviously it's it's going on rough times and it's the great depression all that and it shows a scene like I didn't even notice at first but it shows the scene of him at the table and he moves away from the table and it shows the background make him look smaller as he takes a step into the wall like into that back wall and it just sort of signifies like how larger life is compared to him and how small he feels when people are dictating his life and stuff like that and when i saw that explained to me i was like yo what the hell (laughs) like i didn't even notice that like the window like looks like a normal size, but when he gets closer, it's like he's a mini person. Like he's so small compared to like the windows and stuff, and stuff like that. Like, damn, I was just like, wow, that filming is crazy. Like when we found out and like the techniques that they used that weren't used yet. Like the fact that they split the table to like go through Dude, it that was and, crazy. Film <laughs> and put the table back. I was like, oh my gosh, there's like so many things about this film that they use these technical advances, these filming techniques and methods that really really blown me away and i just want to hear your opinion on both sides of like how you feel about it being the greatest film ever made from you know just the story standpoint and like the technical standpoint how do you feel about it <laughs>
0: I'm definitely someone who can't like just proclaim something is like the best ever made kind of thing without me. Cause I don't feel like I've seen enough movies and at the like movies made during that time either. I don't have a well-rounded enough like filmography to be like, um, to like even decide that. But in terms of that label, I feel like, I feel like it, like it was, or it is, it's well-deserved considering, like, all of the aspects that surround it, that just, like, like, from the circumstances that it came from, it, like, you know, it should have been a disaster because this was Orson Welles' first feature film, like, you have this newbie director, you have this newbie cast, and you have, like, all this money they could have flopped, and, like, you know, you know, like, what if these tech, these revolutionary techniques, like, didn't pay off? What if they were, like, super weird, you know? Um... And I don't know, I feel like this movie, like, even though the story is, like, super basic, it's not super basic, but it's not super complex, but what makes this movie complex is the way it was told. It's the story, it's the writing, it's the storytelling, it's the technique, it's the cinematography, um
1: sorry it's actually funny that you said that because it's essentially like it reminds me of like it's how they got there it's the journey along the oh my god that's why exactly. this movie's so great you know like the way you said that is like that's why it's such a great movie because it's not about the destination <laughs> it's about the and that's kind of like the same thing and also too just to like add on before i let you continue is that like the greatest film ever made is so subjective and such a like there's no way that like anyone could say any movie is the greatest thing ever made just because it's so so subjective like anyone could think any sort of film is their greatest of all time but that won't agree obviously to everyone else I think it's just just that nuance that it comes with this film that kind of sets it up for failure but also sets it up for that kind of success but sorry go
0: on. No, no no yeah like I totally agree like it's just interesting to know that this movie is so widely regarded to have to be the one like the best movie ever made, kind of thing. Um, and then we watch it and we find out that it's basically not to us. <laughs> like it's not the best movie ever made to me, I guess. But like I also like don't know what the best movie ever made to me is yet. Um, but anyways, like yeah, I feel like if this movie were made with the same circumstances today, obviously, I think it would be kind of like a lot of movies that are made today, you know? I feel like a lot of movies made today are made from similar circumstances. Um, And this is definitely a movie, like it's like a product of its time kind of thing. It's like notoriety, I mean, is a product of its time. And it is insane. It's crazy to learn about, like, all of the different techniques, and I totally had a similar, like, viewing experience as you did during, like, certain scenes where I was like, holy shit, this scene is composed so well. Like, I just remember the, like, the first thing I was thinking and was watching out for, like, the majority of the movie is how characters were blocked in the movie, um and blocking is basically the way characters are framed within, like, the camera or whatever, um, and I just noticed, like, everyone was so carefully, like, staged and arranged to be in a certain place, and the thing that blew my mind in that YouTube video (laughs) where it dissected little things was how every time, um, what's it called, Kane's life was, like, an aspect of his life was being decided for him there were always people in between him in the frame like he's being trapped kind of thing and he had no choice
1: between him and and kind of bigger yeah. than him at,
0: at that point and i was like holy fuck like that's crazy that's just so brilliant um and like the same scene that you mentioned where uh they were basically, oh wait, actually different scene. Different scene, it was in his childhood where he was playing outside and he's framed in the window and he's not even involved in his own decision of his own life. It was basically all the adults inside, but he was still in the frame. So I was like, that whole scene blew my mind. Um, But yeah, I feel like, like you said, the label of best movie ever made subjective. Um, I just think it's interesting that it's universally agreed, like among a lot of people, that like people have decided this is the best movie ever made. Even though everyone has a favorite, different favorite, um, and like I don't know, it's just crazy how it's how it managed to reach that status like 80 years later. And I'm wondering if it was already at that point when it came out, or did it like only become legendary? like the 2000s like at what point did it become like the best movie ever made kind of thing
1: yeah that's a good question because like in 1940s i'm sure a lot of the people were like oh this is the greatest film ever made that's probably because they only watched like 10 films
0: and
1: And then that sort of i guess maybe like hype that hype train just kept going and going until now where a lot of people are kind of arguing that of course but i don't know it's just so interesting like i like you're like you, like, I wonder how it sort of like got that status and was able to keep it until like, until now. Until Paddington and, too.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> until the Paddington series. Um, but it's crazy too, because like thinking about the story of how like you're on this journey to find what Rosebud is and then what it means and stuff like that. And at the end, it's essentially nothing. Like that's kind of how I felt about, like kind of how I felt going into this movie was that like, I'm expecting this greatest film of all time. And, and greatest like story, greatest acting and all that. And I was trying to expect that within the story. But then, like at the end of the film, that all didn't make like, kind of didn't really matter that much. Because it all, did de- like, it all was just a commentary on how the film was made. How it was breaking grounds at the time. The way, like essentially how this is an underdog story that became this top dog at the like till now too at the same time and it's just funny like just thinking about like how I was so invested in trying to figure out Rosewood was and why this movie was the greatest film ever made and like I was essentially trying to focus more on the story and how that's gonna make me feel like it's the greatest film ever made but when it's but then like after we watched it and after we started talking about it and after we started videos like dissecting the technicality of all of it I was like looking back from a far view I was like damn this is good this is really good actually this is a great <laughs> film like like objectively like uh, like outside looking in I was like damn this is really good like the fact that they did this and Orson Welles like didn't have any filming experience and he just came he came up to Hollywood and he brought his homies that were in theater <laughs> like they were able to make this crazy film and have these crazy film techniques and things like I was just like in awe, once I found out like the true nature of the film and and I think that does play into that sort of hype of greatest film ever made and why so much people hold it to that great regard um I mean I don't know it's just so crazy and and of course like even thinking about like the story like I could see it being shot today (laughs) and the same story of like fight like the same exact story of Citizen Kane and then being produced now. Of course I could see that now and, and see how it's gonna essentially almost, like most likely fall short uh, against the other movies that are out today like Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know if it'll compete with that but it's just you know it's just sort of this like subjective thing and and viewing of it. It's just so interesting to think about like how this movie became what it is today essentially. It's so crazy to think about um, and I guess with that Carmela. What did you enjoy most about Citizen Kane? (laughs)
0: Um, The most? Okay, let me think about that. I can list the things I enjoyed. (laughs) Um, I definitely enjoyed all the acting and the performances. They were like super, I got super into it at one point. I was like, man, like, you know, I was very invested in uh, Kane's story and journey through his life. Um, I think it was like towards the end where you obviously kind of know where it's going. um, And at that point, it's just kind of sad. And you're like, oh, man. And then you're more concerned with the meaning of Rosebud than anything. Um, But the acting was superb considering, you know, everyone, a lot of people were like new to like movie acting as opposed to like theater acting. So that was crazy. I enjoyed, you know, the artistic value and the process but that was that was that was things that like that were things that I learned after the fact. But so I don't know if I can like say that I enjoyed it during the movie kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, I guess you could just
1: sort of pick like something that you saw in the film just in general, and then you could sort of say your favorite thing like outside looking in. What was your favorite kind of a thing?
0: I think definitely the compositions I think the compositions and the framing is what I enjoyed definitely most about because that's what I will probably walk away from and remember the most from this movie and maybe like I like be inspired by it because I definitely like it was the thing that I like was fixated on and I was like holy cow like this is something I could possibly like learn from or like derive like yeah as a source of inspiration um so yeah composition and like framing but what about you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um,
1: I think one thing I really liked in the film without, you know, sort of without outside looking in, but more of just like looking and watching the film, something that I enjoyed uh, when I was watching the film, just like the first time around, was kind of, uh, I kind of liked the dialogue. I kind of mm-hmm. liked uh, the script and how... Charles Kane was portrayed and how he talked to people it was like sort of this like suave suaveness to it and almost like charismatic as well like mixed into that like it was just so like cool to see him talk to certain people his own manner in his own way and have a sort of flair to it um and that's it's Again coming from someone that watched so many movies <laughs> like to see sort of like how Charles Kane portrays himself and how Orson Welles is able to direct that. Was really cool to see and seeing like the uh, the old school jokes that I wish are still here today. Like they're not even jokes but they're just like really clever things to say to people that like ask you a certain question and I love those kind of things cuz I feel like it's it's really lost upon today. I think a lot of people like punting and stuff, which is cool but like I wish like <laughs> It was, we were more based on the, like that clever joking part of it, which I miss a lot in movies. Um, and that's like sort of what I loved about it. Because I think that's also the product of its time, of course. But it's a product of the time that like I actually like that I kind of want to bring over here.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> you didn't start talking like <laughs> Charles Kane.
1: <laughs> just start saying jokes that aren't jokes, but just really clever you're just, <laughs> responses. You're just
0: reciting lines from the movie. <laughs> <I know>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that's when you should bury (laughs) 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 it but yeah i just really liked that i really appreciated that um like of course apart from those news the news news, uh, you didn't love those those were kind (laughs) of (laughs) annoying but yeah just the way he was able to carry himself and how he had this really cool suaveness with them because of the dialogue and the way he carried himself in the movie um outside looking in i gotta say my favorite part about that is actually kind of the same thing as you i'm actually torn between what you said the composition the filming and all that like that was really fantastic but i'm also really really fixated as well on like the story like it's so cool to hear about orson welles who never filmed the movie was only part of theater and i'm guessing the only way he was able to get to this point was because of his uh war of the Worlds announcement or his war of Words story on the radio which again is also another fantastic story of him just telling a story over the radio but people actually getting scared yeah, that, thinking <laughs> like <laughs> it, was it was real coming, that's, yeah that's so sick like i could only imagine what people were feeling and like afterwards being like oh it's just a radio story how, how dare they <laughs> but that was so that that was like like that's so cool too and also just for him to like climb up that ladder from what he made and and then making this film that becomes "Quote unquote, the greatest film ever made from 1940s, pushed all the way to now. It's just like this crazy underdog story that was so successful in its time and time now. And like I, that's the thing I'm gonna take away with like the movies, like like you said, like the filming and composition. But like the story of this film and the story of Orson Welles, it's just so fascinating and it's so crazy that he had he was able to get this contract to have like as much artistic freedom as he did." And, like, honestly, like, unheard of in Hollywood, maybe then and most likely now, I don't hear anyone having full creative control. Like, just look at Zack Snyder, but that's a different (laughs) thing. But I don't know. It's just, like, that sort of underdog story that really, like you said, inspires me and, and really, really shows that you don't need to have, you know, the sort of... I guess, experience, wealth, or whatever to make something so great. It could just be something that you think of and make. It's got to be something that you're passionate about, obviously, and that you love, That and then make this into this big, beautiful thing that lives on way before your time. It's just so crazy to hear and so fantastic to see. And I don't know. I can't really choose between those two. It's just so... It's just crazy just thinking about this movie, and, and I'm starting to appreciate more now that we can talk about it. <laughs> but... <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. It was just really good and I I really appreciate it to that extent. Um and with that, Carmela, is there anything in the movie that you didn't
0: like? hmm <laughs> Um I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Already. Do you? I really?
1: do. <laughs> okay, okay. Say yours and then try and guess what it Um is.
0: okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't like the parts where there were sudden bursts of sound, I thought they were really weird and off-putting. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was a thing at the time. I I don't know. If it was, I guess I can excuse it as like uh, a trend or whatever of movies in the 40s having sudden bursts of sound that terrify you even though it's not a horror thing. But um, I, I think that's one thing and then i think the second thing might be uh, it's already hard it's like i don't know yeah you can already tell like it's like hard for me to even find something and the sound thing is like so small too um i will have to say okay the news thing in the beginning threw me off but in hindsight and looking at it as a whole it completely makes sense I'm gonna say maybe just cut that down just a little bit you know like I can it, sh- it can be there and it, it's nice that it was there but maybe cut it down a little bit just a little bit okay and then what I think you were gonna say okay. is the news yeah. thing huh? it was the news thing I, I, oh, was I, news? I thought you I thought you really didn't like it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the news thing and I'm also trying to figure out if there's anything else that I didn't like about it um, the sounds hmm, hmm. the sudden sounds i did i didn't like the domestic abuse that <laughs> mr kane suggest, put upon his life suggested
0: quote see? unquote
1: they said i thought he hit her i thought we saw her hit her no.
0: oh my bad i thought you were talking about um his dad and then no 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 no, no.
1: like the when he, they're at uh zanadu and they're just like talking yeah I think he, he, he like hits her. hits her like yeah
0: twice See, I don't think anyone would find a domestic abuse. (laughs) I don't know know anyone who would have enjoyed. No one should like that.
1: No one should should enjoy that. But apart from that, you are right. It was probably the news thing. If I couldn't think of anything else, Um, and would you cut it down down or would would you you just delete it? it? What the news thing? Who i would cut it down um i think because i think after a while we kind of got the point i was like yeah okay, <laughs> yeah i do your charles kane lived there he was a newspaper empire let's get on with the movie <laughs> it was like this it was almost like those credit scenes before this movie starts of like who's in it yeah but it was just like the news thing i was like what's happening why are you guys? Talking <laughs> like thought this?
0: The, we thought the um, whole movie was gonna be like
1: that. <laughs> i know we were like is this gonna be the whole movie we were like we're all worried <laughs> And I guess the last thing I kind of want to talk about and ask you is Paddington versus (laughs) Citizen Kane and sort of that whole issue on Twitter and the meme of it. How do you feel about Paddington 2 taking down Citizen Kane as the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes?
0: I do have to preface it with, you know, I, I don't, I personally don't take Rotten Tomatoes seriously. I think the event happening is more funny to me than me taking it seriously like like oh my god this movie is better than this movie but i do find it fascinating (laughs) that it is so well those two movies are so well regarded within like and to be like on par with each other in that sense you know among like the general audience and like critics i guess or whatever but so yeah i think That is the most fascinating aspect to me. Um, And I'm like pretty sure Paddington 2, because we haven't seen it, will be like a completely different story and it'll be like amazing in its own way and then Citizen Kane will be amazing in its own way kind of thing. And I feel like it's gonna gonna be like a thing where we can't even compare the two because they're so different. I feel like that's what's gonna happen. I don't know, what do you think? (laughs)
1: I don't know, maybe because we watched Paddington one, and Paddington was actually pretty good. <laughs> and fantastic. it's funny that, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good, and we're definitely gonna do an episode on both of those Paddington films. But essentially, what sparked us watching it was because of the Twitter thing, because <laughs> yeah. of the the whole situation. Um, and I don't know uh, my feelings on it. Like, like you said, like I more or less look at Ron Tomatoes as a reference point, and I know that like. A lot of it a lot of it is very very up in the air as regards to like it being opinion uh people's opinions it being collectively everyone's opinions and sometimes when i read those reviews on like the audience side it's it's them not even watching the movie yet they just want to talk about their opinion of like the trailer or something yeah i'm just like how could you how could you take this into account like this is so stupid (laughs) like (laughs) i swear i I read some opinions on there it's just like look stupid <laughs> like bro what? you're just gonna t- <laughs> like you're not even gonna watch the movie <laughs> just judge it yeah. so subjectively in face value like that's so weird of you to do that <laughs> um, but like i don't know i think um it's it's very interesting because you have <laughs> citizen kane and then a bear you know that loves marmalade <laughs> two separate movies two separate platforms two separate like ideologies of the films having these high scores and having this battle um, on Rotten Tomatoes and on Twitter, um, it's a very funny situation. Because, like, again, it's very subjective on how you could feel about Citizen Kane and, of course, Paddington. But with Citizen Kane, I think there's more leeway as regards to talking about, like, someone's opinion and how they view this movie. And um, just sort of the drastic nature of the two, it's just funny to think about. And I know a lot of the the commotion is mainly about like how a lot of twitter is kind of um banning with baddington against citizen kane because again it's just like taking down this like old you know gens like this old like baby boomer against like you know these it's kind of like how i see it and that's how like i'm pretty sure most twitter sees it of taking down this like movie corporate elite that's been reigning over 80 years plus whatever (laughs) And that's essentially why it became trending on Twitter is because people were like, Paddington, Paddington, <laughs> Ethel people and stuff. it like, kind of like of that yeah. nature. But um, And I totally get it. And I totally, It's really funny. But at the same time, like just seeing these two movies, um, I guess as a critic or as a person that loves movies, I get I get why both movies are in a high place. And I get why uh, it's sort of this weird war between those two because it's it's funny it's funny to see like this sort of war and it's funny to see something like Paddington you know almost a child's movie to be compared to something that's been here for 80 years like it's like pretty much a child against a, uh, um an, like an elderly it's like a <laughs> battle between those two things <laughs> in that sense um but yeah if anything shout out to that little twitter thing because it made us watch both of these movies and more, and it's been a, a great journey. It's been fun <laughs> it's watching. It's been amazing. It. Um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Honestly, like I think we um, we also wanted to watch Citizen Kane too because of Mank, which is also an Oscar nomination, which we'll also talk about later on a future episode. Um, but with that, Citizen Kane, the greatest film ever made. Who knows? Honestly, it's very subjective. It's very, very up in the air. And obviously, some people will get it. Some people won't. Um, but honestly, just thinking about the story of Orson Welles and having to, I, essentially, battle uphill on this opportunity that he was blessed with—it's—it's it's so crazy to see and crazy to watch too, and just also to talk about. Like, I could only appreciate a story like Orson Welles and and his upbringing and how he is able to make take matters in his own hands and make this film that a lot of people call the greatest film ever made. And If it isn't the greatest film ever made, it's at least something that's really, really inspiring, especially to me, seeing someone that has no experience, no sort of background with films, but again, still happens to succeed and climb up as someone that became the person that made the greatest film ever made, regardless if you think that or not. And with that, that has been our episode on Citizen Kane. My name is Josh Landicho and you can follow me on Instagram at TheSpaceWolf.
0: And I'm Carmela, and you can follow me at O.
1: And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, that would help us out a lot. We also have a program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount. Of course, only if you're able to, that would help us out a lot too. But with that, thank you for listening, everybody. And keep on watching. Kakha, <laughs> <laughs> Rosebud. Rosebud. <laughs>